the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, we continue our journey through the book of Judges. We are looking at Abimelech and the Antichrist king that was chosen by his own people. As we begin our time together today, we'll take a look at emotions and the dangers behind them. Next. Your emotions are very deceptive. Don't think feel ain't no big deal, right? I remember watching a scene in MASH where Colonel Blake died at the end. Now, Blake was fictitious. The actor was just that, an actor. And there was no truth to the series at all. It was a sitcom. Yet I found myself moved to tears. That is the danger of our emotions. We can let them get the best of us. How to avoid that is the subject of our time today as we turn back to Judges chapter 9, verses 1 through 21. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's edition of Way of Grace. Something's going on with Abimelech, is it not? To think that he has to go down and destroy 70 of his own flesh and blood after having lied to get the kingship in the name of flesh and blood. Now, we're going to do a little psychology here. Think about this. The people up in Shechem hearing about what Abimelech and these vain persons did when they went down there in one fell swoop, destroyed the whole house of Gideon. How would that have made you feel? This is the king, this is the president you just voted in. He went to a neighboring city from which you live and completely annihilated the city. How would that make you feel? Comfortable? Happy? Secure? Stable? Rested? Two things. I want to show you two things. I can, I can talk to you all day long about the nature of evil in our hearts. But see, what politics is always designed to do is to motivate your fear. It's always designed to destabilize you and get you rooted in fear. It makes sense to me. We just hired a demon, didn't we? This demon went and killed off all of his brothers, did he not? Is he not a sociopath? Is he not some kind of maniac despot that's operating out of unreal levels of insecurity? Did y'all hear what I just stated? He was totally irrational, wasn't he? Well, help me. How was he rational while he was going through with his campaigns to get you to vote for him? And now all of a sudden he's irrational. The man was always irrational. He caught you in your blindness and in your lust because you had abandoned biblical principles. And he got you to go in with him. Right? That's the nature of scripture. And it's a warning to all of us. This is why Paul said in First. Uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, he says, these things were written as an admonition and warning to us. 
that we should not lust after evil things as they did. I don't think we pay any attention to those warnings. I don't think we pay attention to the warnings. And so Abimelech is a serious warning to us. Very serious warning to us. Three things under point number two so we can move on. The perversion of their emotions. Not only did he manipulate them uh, 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 and coerce them, it was done in fear. Sub point A, the fear of the enemy. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Remember what we said? As soon as Gideon died, they went back to worshiping false gods, didn't they? Look over in chapter 8, verse 33 and 34 and 35. Notice what it says. And it came to pass as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went a whoring after Baal. Do you guys see that? Keep the word a whoring there because that's going to be our last point. I'm going to show you what happens to spiritual whores. I want you to see it. It goes all the way to the apocalypse. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's going to get there because see, God always depicted himself as being the husband of Israel. Okay. And he warned in the Decalogue what would happen to the wife of the high priest who commits whoredoms against him. And so the text tells us, and verse, uh, verse 34, and the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God. You see that simple word, remembered not? There it is. Who had delivered them out of the hand of all their enemies on every side. How do you forget a God who has been that good to you? How do you forget a God who has delivered you from all your enemies on every side? How do you do it? Sin in the heart. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Whose heart, pastor? Yours and mine. It it follows then that if I'm going to remember the Lord, he has to help me to remember him. If I'm going to remember the Lord, he has to help me to remember him. Remember the word unto your servant, unto your slave, upon which I hope this is my comfort in all my affliction. Because your word alone gives me life. I forget God when I forget his word. And when I forget his word, the enemy can slip in. And the enemy will slip in easily, just as easy as those lipid nanoparticles. Just as easy as lipid nanoparticles and lodge itself up against my thinking and feeling because I'm more like a devil than I am like God when God is not ruling on my heart. You, pastor, you too. You too. You too. See, and this is the mystery of Genesis 3, and this is the mystery of of, uh, Judges chapter 9. If you're reading the narrative and you're not reading it with a larger biblical worldview, what's absent in the narrative is God. God's not in the narrative. He's not in the conversation of Abimelech. He's not in the conversation of the politician. He's not in the conversation of the Shechemites. Are y'all hearing me? And whenever God's not in the conversation, the lights are off. That's what's going on in your text, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care how good you may feel as he is stroking you and making you uh, secure in his promises. When God's not present, there is no security. And therefore, uh, fear emerges. When you and I are given to worshiping false gods, you and I are engaging in the promotion of our own fear. Do you believe that? 
Look at what it goes on to say in verse 35. Neither show they kindness to the house of Jerubbaal, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which he had showed unto them. Now you have your context for chapter nine, don't you? Now you see why chapter nine opens up the way it does. Because the author lets you know beforehand that the people of God had completely rejected the blessings that came to them from God through the life of Gideon. Now, all of a sudden, Gideon's son wakes up, and the next thing you know, by Gideon's son, are Gideon's sons destroyed in a uh, massacre. Hard to believe. So under point number two, the perversion of their emotions will lead to three things. It's very clear. Fear of the enemy. Secondly, faithlessness toward God. Is that true? Right. I could argue this, but this is clearly seen by the idolatry that they're engaging in. There's always consequences for your idolatry, child of God. But thirdly, now we are looking at what I call a family what? You see it? Family feud. Family feud. The Midianites were in a family feud. When Gideon blew the trumpet, broke the lights, they went into darkness and into a family feud. And I warned you that Jesus warned about that, too. Where the gospel is rejected, men and women will go into a family feud. Isn't that what Jesus said? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Isn't that what he said? Right. There will be a division between mother and father and sister and brother and husband and wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Jesus was not pulling that out of thin air. He got that out of the book of Micah, chapter seven, verses one through seven. Listen to the language. Micah seven, one through seven. Now, the reason why we're driving these principles home is because most of us, we, we assert ourselves to be Christian families. Now, am I telling the truth? Okay. Woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the grape gleanings, the uh, grape gleanings of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe, ripe fruits. He's conflating a metaphor of uh, famine and hunger and a lack of satisfaction. Verse two. The good man is perished out of the earth. See it? The good man is perished out of the earth. Pastor, the application. Seventy men destroyed in one fell swoop. The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among them. So now it appears to be no hope, right? Notice what it says. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man, his brother, with a gnat. That's what Jesus was talking about. Can you guys perceive a cultural context in which men can be so driven by selfish ambition that they can hurt their own brother? Of course. We, we, we've been dealing with that for a long time in the hood, have we not? That thing called drugs caused us African-Americans to have to realize that, again, we're not really worried about the police. We're worried about Jojo and Juju and Gigi. Am I telling the truth? We're worried about Jojo, Juju and Gigi because we know they're going to go in our pocket if, they, if we turn our back. And they will club us over the head if we get too crazy with them. And they'll walk up on the porch and shoot us too. God's in control, is he not? And he warns us that the wages of sin is what? Right, so this is what Jesus is talking about. Look at verse three. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asks and the the judges ask for what? See, these are wicked politicians who only work to get paid. 
Notice what he goes on to say. He uttereth, uh, and, and the great man, he uttereth his mischief desire, so they wrap it up. Now it's talking about the conspiracy of the whole group working together to do evil. Look at verse 4. The best of them is a what? The best of them is a what? That is what you're about to learn in the parable about Abimelech. He's a bramble briar. The best of them is a briar. The best of them is a briar. The most upright is sharper than a what? The day of your watchman and of your visitation cometh now shall be their perplexity. So Micah now is warning about the consequences of departing from God's law. Men and women are no longer like fruit trees bearing fruit for the good and glory of God and the honor and health of men. Now we are briars and thorns. See it? Notice the next verse, verse 5. Trust ye not (laughs) in a friend. There it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah, man. In your mind, you're going, no, no, man. Yeah, 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 I got you. In your mind, you're going, I ain't got this dude at all. Now listen to what what else it says. Trust ye not in a friend. Do not put confidence in a what? In a teacher. Here it is. Keep the doors of your your mouth even from your wife. Do you see it? Right. So what's going on here so that you don't misinterpret it is that there are levels of atrocity and betrayal and treachery going on everywhere that you don't have any confidence that anyone will actually be honest and truthful, but God. And out of a sense of passive protection, you just make sure you don't say too much to anybody. Now, you can act like, Pastor, that's way too much. Stop. That's not way too much. It makes all the sense in the world because humanity is a bunch of sinners. The human race you live in, the human race I live in, we're sinners. The history book is clear. We'll trade in our mama, trade in our daddy. We'll kill our children. It's clear. That if grace is not operating, you can't trust anyone. You can't even trust your own heart. So this is why in gospel churches, we don't ever pose our language to assert that man is basically good. He is not. He's basically evil. Apart from the grace of God, he will do the unimaginable. Look at there from the from keep the doors of your mouth mouth from her that lies in your bosom. Do y'all see that? That means your own wife. You, you, you want to tell her, but you're afraid she might turn you in. He didn't take his PCR test. I'm not exaggerating. I'm just preaching in a way that you can tolerate it. I am not exaggerating. I'm not trying to lie. This stuff is hard to swallow, but it's true. This is where you are. And if you don't see the mirror for what it is, you, you, are, you are failing to see the darkness you're in. You're failing to see the darkness you're in. We're, in. we're in a really bad state today. Abimelech is on the throne. Verse six. For the son dishonors the father. The daughter rises up against the mother. The daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law and a man's enemies are they of his own household. Is that what Jesus said? That's where he got it from. He was an expository preacher of the word of God. 
He didn't ever say anything that wasn't rooted in scripture. Point number three in our outline, the the persecution of the righteous. The persecution of the righteous is described by verse uh, five and six. And I want to reassert five and six in our text to lift up a beautiful truth that I'm not going to be here long on. It says, and he went, that is Abimelech, to his father's house at Opera, slew his brothers, the sons of Jerubbaal, three score ten persons upon one stone, notwithstanding it, Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubbaal, uh, was left, for he hid himself. And all the men of Shechem gathered together, and all the house of Milo, and went and made Abimelech king, by the plane of the pillar that was in Shechem. How do you do that? How do you take a man who has flattered you, took your money, went and killed all of his brothers, and that campaign motivates you to make him king? Y'all keeping up with me? You keeping up with me? Yeah, right. It's important for you to see what's going on here. It's important for you to see how that you could not imagine yourself voting for or promoting in or electing a sociopathic murderer. You can't see yourself doing it until you do it. And then once he's in and you see him campaigning at the destruction of all kind of people, even your own brethren, you have a choice now. Do you know what that choice is? You have the choice of repenting and recognizing how evil it was for you not to vet that man. It was even worse that you did not simply say, no, God will be our king. And then once he wreaked that evil and manifested what he is because a man will do what he is, you should have immediately turned against him. But you see, what you just saw is what we call ideological subversion. This is the ideological subversion of a a people group who are supposed to be noble, a people group who's supposed to know Torah, a people group who's supposed to know the one true and living God, a people group whose Torah taught them to love their neighbor as themselves after loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, a people group who should have known how to stand for righteousness. Ye who love the Lord hate evil. But this people group now has proven that they don't even know the Lord. And therefore, they must be lovers of evil. Now, why are they now rushing in to make Abimelech king? Because they fear him. Raise your hand if if y'all enjoyed the validity of that interpretation. This is really important. See, this is how you get tricked into letting oppressors rule over you. This is how you get tricked into letting them rule over you. You see all of the trails of their wickedness before they occupy the throne. You, you know something is not right and you don't do anything about it until it's too late. So what Abimelech did was the opposite of what his daddy did. Abimelech promoted himself, rose up himself, employed manipulation and lies and traps and then ultimately violence, and that gathered together all of the Shechemites and the Miloites. They were all gathered together under that evil. Remember how it was that Gideon gathered together all the men he gathered? By him carefully submitting to the reality of the presence of God one step at a time. 
And when God had exalted Gideon, he blew a trumpet under the anointing of the spirit. And then all of the men gathered together around him. He didn't promote himself. God promoted him. He didn't kill one person. God exalted him. And the gathering under Gideon is, again, an antithesis of the gathering under Abimelech, even though they are father and son. Abimelech is the, Abimelech is the antichrist system. Gideon is the godly system. Kind begets kind. Am I making some sense? Kind begets kind. You cannot be a good tree bearing bad fruit. Wicked men gather to themselves wicked people. So there is something profound that occurs here. I got a little time. Watch this. And evil breaks out by the providence of God, the sovereignty of God, sometimes inexplicable. We can't fully understand it. It may come after many warnings or it may come as a total surprise, particularly if you and I don't have a predisposition of staying close to God, like evil will break out and we will not have seen it coming. But frequently that is because we're not paying attention to God. What are you talking about, pastor? In your own home. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. In your own home, there will be evidences and we will ignore them. And then the judgment comes and you'll be able to trace it back and go, this is where I was rebellious. This is where I did not shore up. This is where I did not address it. This is where I let the kids do this. This is where I let her do that. This is where I let him do that. I am reaping the consequence of my negligence. This is true. This is true, particularly for the true people of God. Now, the wicked walk in darkness. They do not know at that which they stumble. And so they'll, they'll be hit with the calamity because they stuck their head in the sand and walked in darkness all their days. And they were warned over and over again. And then here it comes. What happened? What happened is what we told you would happen if you keep ignoring the evidence that's letting you know you are being brought into captivity. All right. So we are learning some things here. This is absolutely phenomenal. Under point number three, the persecution of the righteous. Sub point A, a pattern of the what? Murdering spirit. You know your Bible, so I don't have to be here long. You know your Bible. So I don't have to be here long. You know that Adam and Eve had two sons. One was righteous. The other was wicked. You know that Noah had three sons. Two covered him. The one exposed him. Now we know that love covers a what? That's exactly right. The other one wanted to spread perversion. And therefore, his son, Canaan, would be the land of perversion that God would tell the people of God, make sure you don't do what they do. Y'all keeping up with me? And then you know that Abraham had two sons, right? Isaac and Ishmael, of which Paul said by allegory, one represents free men. The other one represents men of bondage. And then you know that Jacob, uh, Isaac had two. Jacob and what? And we go all the way through the Bible 
And we see these, these tensions between the two, do we not? And I'm here to tell you that what you're looking at is a foreshadow of what happens in kingdoms because in the same way in which Gideon's children are rising up in opposition and atrocity towards his own household, so David had many sons and Absalom rose up to take David out too. See, when you are calling upon human monarchies, when you're, when, you're, when you're wanting a human monarchy to rule over you, you are asking for a demonic system. You're asking for a system of self-destruction. Why? Because everybody now is going to be vying for the throne. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.